Tracy. So, very good day. Welcome to our podcast. Today's date, the 17th of November 2022. In this part of Spain, it's lovely and, uh, well, it's warm without being hot. The definition on the mountain is wonderful. Uh, All in all, a beautiful day. Let me get into the fictional car and we'll head west going towards Alicante and Playa San Juan. And any second now, I should be saying hello to Rob Daniels. Good morning to you, Rob. Um, what's your weather checked out uh, today? Yeah, good morning, Vince. Good morning, everybody. That was fast from uh, where you live down to me, Vince. Um, but yeah, the weather the weather down here today is um, beautiful as well. Uh, very similar to what you've just said, actually. Nice, bright sunshine, long shadows, because it's um, like autumn coming into winter time. But it isn't cold at all during the day. Uh, you've got to wrap up a bit on a night, and it also gets quite humid on a night. Um, a bit misty, so yeah, you've, you've got to wrap up quite well. But during the day, it's lovely, yeah, beautiful. Okay, well, we uh, are here. All the politics and the politicians and the criticisms and everything else that needed to have been done. Um, nobody takes a blind bit of notice. Uh, the world will all be focused on Qatar, and uh, let's just hope that the football's good and that nobody has a, a terrible injury because um, the first pictures that I got this week were um, listening to Madison of Leicester uh, being interviewed and uh, he was just explaining how bad the heat is and he hopes the air conditioning will be uh, a little bit better. So um, I can hear your heavy breathing. What's your uh, prediction for um, a good tournament? Are you looking forward to it? Uh, do you have the excitement that... Uh, I can't say it's a fever, fever pitch for me at the moment. Um, in fact, really, uh, I saw the England training session. It looked more like somebody taking a walk out uh, around the park, uh, maybe without the dog. But anyway, um, what do you think? Well, Vince, it's, uh, the Qatar World Cup is right on top of us now, isn't it? It starts on uh, Saturday, I think, first match, isn't it? Um, Qatar against Ecuador in the opening uh, after the opening ceremony, I think. So yeah, it's going to go ahead. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, controversy and everything like that. Let's hope everything goes all right. I'm quite looking forward to it now because, as you know, I really like football. I mean, I like World Cups. Unusual time of year. Um, we'll just have to see how it works. But, yeah, let's see what the football's like from now on, yeah? Yeah. I mean, sadly... Um... And, and Mad- Madison talking about the heat. I mean, um, it, isn't that, it isn't actually that hot at the moment um, compared to it, what it is in their summer, if you like. And Madison comes from, he comes from somewhere like Leicester, doesn't he? So, like, he's pasty white. Um, so he probably, gets, he probably gets sunburned when it's about 10 degrees yeah, it, it won't bother most of the uh, players who come from slightly warmer climates, shall we say. The Spanish players will be fine with it, and so will the South Americans and, and most of the others. And, Madison and, might faint. And it is quite interesting that Sepp Latter has certainly been backpedalling uh, since all the court stuff has happened. Um, we do know that uh, it was all very, very dodgy. And uh, so a small state where I think the football is played in... Uh, Probably a geographical comparison to Yorkshire and uh, three million people. And apparently they're going to find it difficult to um, find um, places to stay and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that side of it, um, you know, you do all the criticism about uh, who shouldn't really be going, uh, why they shouldn't be going. Uh, We've had Rod Stewart saying he was offered a million pound and he says he wasn't going. So um, some people uh, apparently have taken stances which may be um, 
for the right reasons. Let's hope that uh, by the time the tournament's finished, um, people will have a better idea of what we were actually all criticising. Because, you know, when all's said and done, if you're going to go to another country, there will be other rules to consider. And it's just like when we come to Spain, we have a passport, uh, we have a um, an identity card, and you, you you've got to carry something all the time. So uh, yeah, you, you keep to the rules. However, one thing that has started uh, already a little bit of uh, uh, shall we say friction. Prince William, of course, was criticised heavily by the actor Michael Sheen. Uh, now this is an ongoing row. Uh, Michael Sheen is outspoken. He's an anti-Brexit Welsh actor, blasting the senior royal for handing out shirts to England's World Cup squad, despite holding the title the Prince of Wales. Sheen, who slammed King Charles for visiting Wales on Owen Glyndower Day during the morning for the Queen in September, described William's visit to the team's training centre on Monday, where he gave them shirts for the FIFA tournament. Um, I mean, when all said and done, uh, he's got two roles, the uh, prince. So, um, yes, uh, the English FA and the Prince of Wales proclaimed to the World Cup squad... um, we're all rooting for you. I would imagine, you see, Michael Sheen doesn't seem to really understand this, that if you are English, uh, then obviously, yes, you will be um, favouring England over Wales, but you'll always want Wales to do well as well. Um, You you know, no matter what other people around the British Isles think about this, um, without any shadow of doubt, if I'm with Scottish people... I expect them to always um, want Scotland to do better than any of the other four home countries. But uh, I'd be very surprised if they don't want England to do well, if they can't do well. Anyway, your take on all of this? Right, Vince. Well, just before I give my take on that, a couple of things you mentioned earlier on. Rod Stewart apparently did turn down um, the offer of a million pounds to go and play in Qatar. Um but he doesn't need the money anyway, but he, he did it for his, his talents, his views, so he, that, that's true. Um, Qatar is actually absolutely about the size of West Yorkshire. It's not even the size of the whole of Yorkshire. <laughs> so it's like it's very small country. Anyway, um, yeah, this My, uh, Michael Sheen and um, Prince William thing. Um, Michael Sheen, as, as you've just mentioned, he's a, he's a very well-known um, Welsh actor. And he is very patriotic for being Welsh, isn't he? And I can see in a, a way that he's got a point because um, it, Prince William is called the Prince of Wales, isn't he? And um, he, he was handing out the England shirts. Now, he, he should really be supporting Germany and Greece, but Greece out there, are they? But, um, but it's, I can see Michael Sheen's point in the sense that um, the English are always waving their flag about, aren't they? But Wales and Scotland um, and the Northern Irish and the Southern Irish, they don't tend to get um, as much, they're not valued as much, I don't think, in the English mentality. They're always sort of um, put down a little bit, I would say. Um, And this, I think this is how Michael Sheen says it, and he actually is Welsh. Um, And... He thinks that Prince William should be handing out the Welsh um, shirts instead of handing out the England ones, which, it, well, it's already happened now. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think they made it up. I think they've had a, probably had a chat with Prince William, and Prince William probably will be supporting Wales as well, won't he? And he'd be, if Scotland were there, as you say, he'd be supporting Scotland as well. Um, I'd like to see Wales do well, and I'm English, so I'm sure you'd like to see Wales do well as I well. Would. Would you Just picking up on something that you were talking about, Sheen, uh, he handed back his OBE um, after receiving it from the late Queen. And at the time, it was in protest over plans to make William the Prince of Wales. So I don't really think this is a personal vendetta. I think it's the uh, the actor... Um, w- was saying that he made the controversial move to avoid looking a hypocrite before giving a lecture on the history of his native Wales, including past wrongs committed by England to fracture us 
uh, and to control us and to subdue us. Now, you know, I understand that the that that there is a bit of all this that I understand. Uh, I can understand why he particularly might particular uh, particularly be outraged, but. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking everybody back to the dark ages in everything. I mean, this is just another woke thing, but on a very higher platform. And um, as one social media wrote, uh, there's nothing wrong with William supporting England. He was born in England. He's English. He right, It's right. He supports them. Um, what's wrong is that he's being given the title of Prince, Prince of Wales. But then again... Prince Charles uh, was the Prince of Wales. So, I mean, where does it all stop if you don't just get back to today? Prince of Wales, call it what you will, he's a nice lad, he's a nice man. He's very nice in virtually everything he does, and he doesn't he doesn't need this rubbish, really. Um, and I think, Sheen, uh, I can understand the Welsh is a very, very... Um, it's a very strong culture, far stronger than, I think, the English culture. I think the problem is the only thing we can think about for England at the moment is either curry or um, Morris dancing, which uh, which doesn't really represent what, uh, you know, a lot of English people are about. Um, but, you know, uh, unfortunately, people are making history fight the cause, and it, it doesn't need to be that. It, it's it's something new. This is a, a World Cup football match, and I think if we're not careful, we get completely, um, you know, we, we we get lost in the in the shrouds of time over a football game. Okay, over to you. <laughs> Morris dancing when you think of England. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of difference, as you say, really between we. we we, they even have a very com- a completely different accent, though, the, uh, to we do. In fact, the different parts of England, if the listeners aren't native speakers, there are lots of different accents throughout the whole of the UK and the and the English-speaking world. But the Welsh have a very particular accent, though, and so do the Scottish. Um, it's actually, I find it quite difficult to understand the, Sc- the Scottish-speaking sometimes. But um, they're very proud of their own their own nation, if you like, aren't they? Because and they go back historically, Michael Sheen, yeah, he, he does like um, waving his, or banging his drum, doesn't he, about anything that he can. And he's picked this opportunity to do so again. But, um, yeah, the, when they go back in history um, of any of these countries, including um, England itself, really, they have been made to suffer quite a lot by the people who are in charge during during, throughout history, and he's called the Prince of Wales in the modern day, so it's like runs on to the modern day, doesn't it? Um, that, yeah, it's not Prince William's fault, I don't think. I don't think it's like a title that his father had. It's like um, it's okay. his, his honorary title, isn't it? I don't think he'll have been thinking at any time that um, he's, he's not anti-Welsh, is he? It's just he, he's very into football, is Prince William. Well, let me give you... He, he considers himself English, so yeah. Let me I don't give think there you... was any um, bad intention by him at all. Let me give you two tweets. Far too many people are misunderstanding what Michael Sheen is saying here. The complaint is not that he visited the England team and not Cymru, in other words, Wales. It's that he did it whilst clinging on to his stolen title. Support England all you want, but stop calling yourself Prince of Wales. Okay, so that's one person. And uh, Wendy Boker is another one that I picked up. And she says, Michael Sheen, never mind banging on about the fact we are taking part in a tournament in a country whose human rights are are a disgrace is what you should be kicking off about in the Valleys. I'm a footy fan and absolutely support UK teams. And uh, she says that the Qatar World Cup is a red card. She is absolutely right for me. The problem is that realistically, um, you know, it's all about the human rights issues and people are being sidetracked here, there and everywhere. But having said that, I do feel um, that uh, maybe, I don't know, 
maybe if they want to finish the Prince of Wales as a title and then see all the little benefits that come in from, you know, the royal, royal tours and the, the nice things that come in. Um, then yeah, the, make, yeah the, the souvenirs at the stately homes and things, yeah. Exactly, Vince. You hit it right on the head. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Prince of Wales will bring in massive revenue to Wales just because people like like interested in the royal family, are they? Yeah. And that's one of the things why Michael Sheen, I think, is just moaning without looking at the full picture, isn't he, Vince? I, I think, think so. you just said it perfectly there. Um, okay, well, so, look, yeah, so we'll put him to one side because we've got a lot of football to get through mm. today. Um, so Michael Sheen... Keep to your acting, mate. Um, you're a great actor. Uh, you're a great advocate for Welsh culture. But in this case, I think maybe on balance, look at how nice the prince and the princess of Wales are and look at the benefits. And then we'll leave it to that. As we go to um, next, we have Maradona's uh, Hand of God match. And, of course, the ball that was going to make the referee a fortune. Apparently, didn't make the price. So, I think justice was done with that one. Any thoughts um, with what happened there, Rob? Well, yes, this is the uh, match football um, that Maradona scored the uh, infamous hand of goal, God, oh, hand of God goal um, against England in the uh, 1986 World Cups. Um, and it knocked England out, actually. But uh, it's a very famous goal, infamous goal um, from an English point of view. And the tune is in referee, um, a guy called Ali Ben, something, Ali Ben Nasser, he's called. He got to keep the match ball um, because that that's the sort of tradition. Um, and he didn't, obviously, nobody knew at that time that these Maradona um, artifacts would, would be worth so much. Um, so it went on sale um, at the auction house Sotheby's in what she's in, in London, um, and it didn't reach the asking price, first asking price, which was two and a half million pounds. Um, but it did reach two million pounds, which is a lot of money for a football. So it's not like nobody offered anything for it. Um, but it didn't reach two and a half million, which is what the first um, price was. I think it's particularly ridiculous, to be honest. But. Um, well, I'm English anyway, so I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't touch it with a house pole. But, um, yeah, the football going for that amount of money, um, it's, it all seems a bit daft to me. But, um, yeah, and this Mar Maradona actually went to meet this uh, referee. Um, about, I think it was about two, 2015 or something. He was reported in the news. He actually went to see him in Tunisia <clears throat> because he's still alive. And um, he... he sort of thanked him and called him a lifelong friend. Uh, there's always been suspicion whether or not that was uh, definite, the referee's fault or he, he just turned a blind eye. But him and the referee and the linesman, um, who was Bulgarian, I think, who's now passed away, but they both blamed each other for it. Um, none of them would take the responsibility. They blamed each other for making the mistake. Um, but it might have been a brown envelope, Vince, back in those days. You never know. But, yeah, the, the ball went... Uh, it's up for two, two and a half million. His shirt um, was sold for, I think, seven million, um, which belonged, belonged to um, an English player called Steve Hodge, um, who was in that match. And the tradition of just swapping shirts at the end of the match, he ended up with Maradona's shirt. And um, eventually he decided that it was time to sell it to a collector. And it went for over seven million pounds um, earlier this year at Sotheby's as well. Um, so, yeah, Madonna merchandise is worth a fortune. I wouldn't buy any of it. Well, uh, you see, uh, as I explained to a lot of people listening to our podcasts, this podcast is not just about the football. It's about football, of course, because we love football. But there's about also the relevance of where does football sit when it comes to matters of importance and Maradona cheated in that game and it just shows you and it shows the world that to a great degree cheating has prospered ever since and you know it, it doesn't matter if people don't want to accept the uh, evidence we all saw the game we all saw the handball we all saw what happened after it and unfortunately um, there are some people there's a lot of people actually who can't see 
um, when I try to explain to people when the likes of uh, Ronaldo gets five hundred thousand pounds a week for sitting and doing nothing and um, we've got Mbappe being paid 1.6 million per week in um, the French League and unfortunately um, we're losing sanity when when people uh, cannot you know pay for the heating and one footballer earns a million and a half for a week's well a bit of training and a game of football do me a favour, get real. Just understand that the world is bigger than football. No matter how much we love football, football is part of our lives. No more nada más, nada menos, as they say in Spanish. Um, okay. Mbappe mm-hmm. Ran- yeah, uh, could buy Maradona's football of, for about a week and a half's wages, couldn't they, thinking about it? And it would, it would only take us three or four weeks to get the uh, shirt at seven million. <laughs> but yeah, it is, very, it is really, really stupid, isn't it, Vince? Maradona's very well thought of, actually, in this area, because in this particular area, because when it was a 1982 World Cup based in Spain, and Maradona was at his height then, I think. He, he hadn't been on the downhill slope, but he didn't cheat in that one. Um, and they were, the Argentinian team were actually based um, in, in San Juan, and they did the training at the local um, sports arena and because the whole of the first group matches were based in this area. So, like, a lot of my friends who were, li- they were here at the time, they all went on to see Maradona training. And uh, apparently he was just showing off doing tricks and things like that. So he hadn't gone on that horrible downhill slope that he went on by then. But, um, yeah, it's a really obvious handball, very, very notorious goal. Um, if anybody hasn't seen it, have a look. Anybody can see it's handball, can't they, Vince? They can, and and I think also to make a perspective, you have to remember that he scored a wonderful goal as well as that particular goal. And what is, uh, again, incredible for me is the similarity in stature and playing ability with um, Maradona and uh, Lionel Messi. These sorts of things um, are just incredible when you actually look at the similarity to the way he plays, uh, the stature, and obviously um, just the excellence of his football. But that's just talking about football. And uh, I, 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 I don't even think anybody could prove that Maradona deliberately wanted to cheat the world. I mean, you know... I suppose it was it was bad refereeing and bad linesman's decisions. If oh, you, he, 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 yeah, he tried. tried he, he didn't pre-plan it. He couldn't have done, could he? But he took the chance. I don't think he thought even even Maradona didn't think the referee wouldn't see it. But he, he just took a chance, didn't he? And they didn't. Oh, they pretended not to see it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his second goal in that match um, would have gone down probably if it wasn't for the uh, hand of. God, notorious incident. He went round about seven England players and left them standing, didn't he? Um, and it would have been cast as one of the best World Cup goals ever. Um, and he made, he made the England, um, the whole of the England midfield and the whole of the defence just look like uh, cardboard cutouts. But they were still reeling after the uh, after the handball goal, you see. Um, so, obviously, the England team, they all knew it was... So, Maradona, when he got his second goal, it wasn't really under natural conditions either, was it? Because, I'll say, the England team just couldn't believe what had happened. Well, look... I, I, anyway, that, yeah. I, 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 I have to Maradona, hand of God. Yeah, I have to say, I, I, I wouldn't subscribe to that point of view because if you're a professional footballer, yes, sure, there was the hand of God and, and, and it was uh, annoying and everything, but for, for the whole of the team to stand back and just watch him waltz through uh, was certainly not, well, pro- you know, it certainly wouldn't be professional. They, they, well, he, 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 well, in that case, they were, they, they went past seven of them, I think, wasn't it? And, um, it was wonderful. And they, they, no, they didn't, none of them got anywhere near him. I mean, he, was re- he was so fast. And as you say, Sim, uh, Messi will have had Maradona when he was growing up as um, an idol, weren't he? Because um, Messi's Argentinian. Apparently, he's still very Argentinian, actually, even though he's been um, living in Barcelona for so long and now he's in France. Um, but he, yeah, uh, Maradona will have been the idol of all um, Argentinian kids, weren't they? Um, I know Messi's quite, quite a lot younger, but even so, um, it, it will have been somebody that Messi sort of looked, studied, really, won't he? Yes. And he managed to pull it off. Well, that's amazing, amazing. The, the, you know, you really just could not. 
uh, replicate. Uh, well, I, I'm saying that, but I mean that's what it was. What that's what he did. He replicated Ma- mm. Maradona. I mean that feint uh, to the uh, right and then back onto his left foot is just th- the same move, and it's just amazing that you can get two guys from the same country uh, who were were probably two, if not the two best players in the world, certainly up there on a the list of ten uh, of the best players that we've ever witnessed so um the, mm, the yeah well argentina always throws up some good players doesn't it vince um and the, the maradona if we're talking about maradona in his prime won't be probably the best footballer in the world at that time messi is still active we all know about leo messi but they've actually won um two or three world cups i can't remember exactly how many off me off the top of my head but they've won a couple of world cups at least haven't they they are always to be reckoned with argentina because they do produce some excellent footballers yeah okay i'm going to play a jingle yeah. and then we're going to look at the premier league for the last of the games before this very unhealthy um six week break of the premier league anyway let's go to here we go It's Talking Football with Vince Tracy. And of course, my special guest is Rob Daniels. Uh, We've been doing our football podcasts for far too long. Rob, how many years are we talking? It's, It's a huge number now, isn't it? Oh, we've been doing it for numerous years, haven't we, Vince? Uh, and time flies, doesn't it? Oof, absolutely. Um, I know we've been doing it a long time already, but uh, we've talked about World Cups at the moment. We re- did a really good one, didn't we, for the 2010 World Cup when um, it was in South Africa against Spain, won it? Um, yeah, so, we, well, we've been doing, I don't know exactly how long, Vince, but... Uh, a long time now, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That particular World Cup was the one where I managed to get a meal for two, a free meal for two people from for different restaurants throughout the whole of the World Cup. And, uh, I mean, the sponsors were just fantastic. But then, you know, when you look mm. since, if you just look around you, all we get is music and uh, we don't get people going out doing the sort of things that we used to do, you know. Um, I remember yeah. I, I had uh, I rang up Pucker Pies in Leicester and uh, talked them into doing some um, car stickers. And unfortunately, it was very, very difficult once you put that sticker on the car to get it off. Anyway, we go yeah, to... P- 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 Pucker Pies, um, you used to do quite a lot with them, didn't you? And I think they are the ones who... So I think they sell the most pies. They, they, they sell... They, uh, yeah, I can't remember which team they're right next to, but they sell all the pies there. But I think they're the biggest pie seller um, in English football, aren't they? And I've tried one, and I think you gave it to me, actually, as a sample years ago. <laughs> and they are very, very nice. I can imagine eating one at halftime on a cold on a cold winter's afternoon. <laughs> I would imagine it would be Leicester City, because Leicester is right... Uh, yes, I think, know, I think that is where they make yes, them. I think so, yeah. yeah. I even got the jingle from... Uh, when I phoned them up, they had a telephone jingle, which was uh, Pucker Pies. And uh, I asked, could you send me a copy of, of that? And I'll play it as a jingle on the radio. So we had all sorts going on. Um, OK, Rob. Oh, yeah. We, 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 well, over the, over the years, Vince, we've done Euros, haven't we? And we've done World Cups. Um, but the 2010 one, when Spain, uh, Spain won it, um, it was a good World Cup anyway, because it was at the right time of year, wasn't it? I think the whole world enjoyed that World Cup. Um, but Spain really did. So, yeah. Um, well, I remember anyway, we that one to the Premier League, aren't we now? Yeah, I was, I was sorry, but I was going to remind myself that um, I was in Benidorm Palace watching the final with lots of other Brits because Christine, who is the owner, the uh, family owner of uh, Benidorm Palace, um, she put on a special afternoon. And uh, just in case Christine does listen to our podcast, I know she's not been too well of late, so I'd like to wish her well. Um, all right, yeah, then. Yeah, all the best, Christine, yeah. Okay, so we start off, um, I, I think the first match was Bournemouth versus Everton. That's the one we'll look at anyway. Um, you and I predicted a draw, which on 
the form that they were showing, um, Everton weren't playing well. Bournemouth were a little bit resurgent. So uh, great win for Bournemouth there, three nil. What did you What did you think of that one? It, um, it was Brentford, wasn't it, Vince? It was. Uh, oh no, sorry. It, oh, um, Brentford beat Man City. I've got mine in a different order. Okay, let's you go with your uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, it was Bournemouth three, Everton nil, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That again um, wasn't. Well, it was a bit of a surprise result because Everton aren't doing particularly well, um, but Bournemouth are doing quite well in uh, the Premier League this time. They're up, and um, yeah, they beat Everton three nil, which. Um, it's, they get three points to uh, Bournemouth, but it's going to be asking questions again at Everton, isn't it? Really? Well, I think it's um, it's the last it's the last time Frank Lampard is going to be able to make any sort of defence, because quite frankly, if you look at the all the other things, I mean, they're even talking about Graham Potter leaving Chelsea now, um, ha- having yeah. stolen. Um, Potter from Brighton. Uh, now they're talking about him being sacked. So I think Frank Lampard is on very, very <laughs> borrowed time. They're t- they're t- sorry about Graham uh, Potter being sacked already at Chelsea, are they? They are. Oh dear. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think Frank Lampard, um, I think Frank knows it really. I think by the time we talk again after the World Cup, I wouldn't be surprised if um, there's a change of manager at uh, Everton. And I think Frank Lampard will be quite pleased to be out, actually, because he, he's done his best, but he just can't seem to get them to uh, do all that much, can he? They've got a, they've got a weakened squad. but And I think I don't think he really feels comfortable. Um, he's from London, isn't he? I, can't, I think he'd be, feel more comfortable managing a London team. But, um, yeah, I think there'll be quite a lot of uh, managerial changes, I think, uh, by the time we get back after the World Cup, Vince. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be, be surprised. sorting things out. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll go to the second game when Brighton were at home to Aston Villa. Now, uh, for the life of me, I couldn't see Villa winning this one because Brighton have been playing some really, really good football. However, you got it right. One uh, Brighton won Villa two. So I got it wrong. You got that one right. Yes, I got that exactly right. Didn't have ints. Um, more well, not about luck than judgment, but I did actually think about that one because we do think about these um, quite a bit, don't we? And uh, Unai Emery, he's now he's been now officially the manager, if you like. There, he went to watch a couple of matches before he officially took over, and he seems to have got to know the um, the whole squad basically really, really quickly. Um, so. They've had a change of form, haven't they, um, Villa, over the last couple of matches? They are still doing pretty badly. Um, but, yeah, they uh, took Brighton by surprise. And, um, yeah, I, I got one right again. But by the time we come back after the World Cup, um, things will have changed because Emma really been there for a while. But um, So it wasn't – he's like the new manager. Boom. Um, they, they won against Brighton. They've got three more points, Villa. And Brighton is not an easy place to go because they've played some great football. So I think that was a very good game for Villa to win. Uh, we go next to oh, yeah. Fulham, where I thought Fulham played Manchester United. I won't say off the park, but they should easily have won. Um, another one you got right, Fulham won, Manchester United too. But if you'd have watched the dodgy penalty right at the end... Uh, I'm afraid uh, you would feel like I do. I think Fulham were robbed and I think Manchester United were gifted, gifted a win there. That's what I felt. Yeah, that was another one that I got uh, right on the head as well, wasn't it, Vince? Um, But yeah, uh, it would have been better if uh, Man United had won it fair and square, wouldn't it, really? Um, Because, yes, in the 90 plus three minutes... um, United were ordered a penalty under suspicious circumstances. I didn't think it was a penalty particularly either. No. Um, but the, that lad who scored it is um, an 18-year-old, Spanish, Spanish-Argentinian. Um, he plays for the Argentinian um, under-18 squad, but he, he's Spanish, born in Spain. He's called Alejandro Garnacho. And he came, only came on for the last, five, uh, last eight minutes of the match. And... Um, they gave him the penalty. When, oh, Eric Dan Hag gave him the penalty when it came up and he scored it. But yeah, they didn't win fair and square, I don't think, Vince. 
No. Uh, uh, and the last minute... Well, well, that's like Fergie time again, isn't it? But uh, Well, the last minute yeah. goal was just uh, astonishing. I mean, really, I can't... I think uh, Fulham went to sleep. Anyway, we'll go to Anfield. Um, we both thought Liverpool mm. would defeat Southampton. There wasn't really uh, much chance of Southampton doing a lot in this game. I thought Liverpool were in control all the way through. We both got it right. Um, any comments on that one? No, I mean, um, that was probably one of the more predictable matches, wasn't it, Vince, actually? Yeah, especially with Southampton. They've got a new manager now, but he'd only been there for a couple of uh, days by that stage. So, yeah, Liverpool, it was fair and square as well, that one, Vince. Um, Liverpool three, Southampton one. Okay, Liverpool now, three points. Southampton have got to do something. I didn't see the Man City game. Uh, I was astonished because I thought we would have seen Man City win about 4-1. You were the same, 3-1. And uh, somebody said, well, you do know Man City have been beaten by Brentford. Now, having said that, I'm going to say something which probably I don't want to be saying, but we have had news coming through of some betting from one of the Brentford players. Isn't it the sort of game that you'd expect something that um, betting could have been involved? Because it certainly was never on the cards, Man City to lose at home to Brentford. You know, Brentford a good team, but uh, it's been tarnished by um, a footballer who basically has been caught, um, it would appear, from everything we've been told, uh, the press have told us that, um, yes, there's been something going on. What did you make of all that? Well, Vince, um, it was a sort of surprise result, wasn't it, um, considering City were playing at home? It was the last time Brentford actually beat City uh, away was on Christmas Day 1937, which is uh, quite a while ago now, isn't it, Vince? It's over 80 years ago. Um, but, yeah, the um, thing you mentioned um, to do with the player possibly Im implicated in some betting scandal, unfortunately, is the uh, Brentford player Ivan Turney, who is scoring a lot of goals at the moment. And he actually scored both of the goals in that match. And his second goal was um, in the 90 plus eight minute because they're obviously playing a lot of time added on these days with so, so many stoppages for VAR and things like that. And um, it, yes, it, it's been published now. So um, it's become public knowledge. But Ivan Turney is, um, has been investigated for some kind of uh, betting, <clears throat> betting swindle, being involved in some kind of betting um, swindle. And it's not just happened on one occasion, apparently. I think um, the last I read, I think there are um, 162 or something separate separate incidents that um, he's alleged to be have been involved well, look, in. Rob, let's, um, let's, let's I think not... That's probably one, I think that's probably one of the reasons why he wasn't picked by Gareth Southgate. Let, let's, the, let's not go too deeply because basically at the moment uh, we'll wait and see what happens as we go to Newcastle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Now yeah, we, it's all alleged, isn't it? Yeah, we both saw Newcastle uh, beating Chelsea. Um, uh, you thought it could have been 4-1. I thought it could have been 2-1. It was 1-0. But uh, whichever way you look at it, that's a great win for Newcastle. Oh, it is. It's three points to Newcastle, isn't it, Vince? Um, and in front of the home crowd, you don't need to knock a big uh, goal score in, do you? Uh, which Newcastle have been doing recently. You just need to get one more goal than the opposition. And uh, this ended up 1-0. Um, Harry Potter, the Chelsea manager at the moment, he, he blamed it on the fact they've had such a grueling schedule of three w uh, matches a week, which they have. Um, but... That's part of the game, isn't it? They they sort of did they didn't have to get a Champions League place or whatever. They yeah. So Newcastle beat them one nil, get the points. Bright there, and Harry Potter was moaning about it like you can't believe. Okay, so uh, we'll gloss over Forest and Palace. Uh, we both got this one wrong. Forest one, Palace nil. The big one for me was. Um, Unfortunately, I predicted that Spurs would beat Leeds 2-1. You thought they'd draw, uh, but it was quite a thrilling game. Spurs 4, Leeds 3. Tell us about your team. Yeah, right, Vince. Now, that was a really good game. Um, seven goals in the match. I, obviously, I would have preferred Leeds to have um, won it. In fact, right up. They, they could have got another goal. They could have got another two goals and actually won it because it was a really ding-dong of a match. 
I even enjoyed watching it myself, even seeing my team beaten, because until the final whistle, you, I didn't know that Leeds were going to get beaten. For a neutral's point of view, it was a, it was a, must have been an excellent match. I mean, it went nil one. Well, one, two, 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 three, 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 four, three, um, and that's how it stayed. But Leeds were actually up um, two, three at one stage in the match, and it was a lot of action, non-stop. Both teams played really well. A great game of football. Unfortunately for Leeds, Spurs got the points. Okay, uh, just as I thought. Well. Um, we're not going to do anything this week and Rob's going to win on the predictions uh, West Ham and Leicester we both got that one wrong you thought West Ham would win I thought it would be a draw and then when we get the last result it brought me level with you it was when um, I thought that Arsenal would win at Wolves you thought Wolves would beat Arsenal it was Wolves nil. Arsenal too. Um, they didn't have it all their own way, though. I thought Wolves did give them a, quite a good game. Bit more of a bite there. Um, so let's start now by looking uh, from now on at the World Cup because this is going to dominate everything for the next six weeks. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask you to give me the two teams that you will think will be going through in each of the groups. So if we start in the first group, um, which teams do you think will go through from Group A? Group A, right. Um, Qatar, Ecuador. I think it's going to be, I think it's, I think it's going to be, oh, I would say, who's in the groups? It's uh, Qatar, the, um, the host, Ecuador, Senegal, and the Netherlands. Your team? I, I think out of those four, Senegal and the Netherlands will go three. Okay, I've put exactly the same. So if we get that mm -hmm. one wrong, we're both uh, in trouble. Okay, and the next group then is the England, Iran, Wales, and the USA. What do you think? Right, I think that will be... Um, I think it'll be England and hopefully Wales in second position. Um, we'd be told about Wales earlier on, weren't we, uh, and the rivalry. They're in our group. As long as England come one place above Wales, I'd like Wales to go through in second place. Well, I've said exactly the same. So we're on the right page here as we go to a bit more of a difficult prediction. Argentina, Mexico, Poland and Saudi Arabia make up Group C. Who do you think's going through? Um, it's quite warm, isn't it, down there? So I think it's going to be um, the two South, well, Central America and South America. And I think it's going to be Argentina and Mexico, Vince. Okay, well, I think it'll Maybe be... Maybe not in that order, but I think those are the two. For me, Argentina and Poland, because I think Poland is such a resilient team, but we'll have to wait and see then. So we go to group... Could, could, be, could be a surprise, couldn't they? Yes. Group D, we have France, Australia, Denmark and Tunisia. Right. Um, it's got to be France and Denmark for me, Vince. And I've put down exactly the same two teams as we go to our second country that we both will be looking out for as Spain are joined by Costa Rica, Germany and Japan. Uh, which two teams, please? Um, that group has got to be Spain and Germany, really, Vince, for me. Same for me. Um, couldn't see it any other way, really. Yeah? As we go to Group F, Belgium, Canada, Morocco and Croatia. Mm, that's a slightly more difficult one, I would say, but that's a, um, not obvious, I wouldn't say, even though we could be wrong with the ones we think are obvious. But I think in this one, I think it's going to be Belgium and Croatia. <laughs> I've written exactly the same too. Uh, group F. Uh, oh, sorry, G we are. And it's um, Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia and Cameroon. That's quite a tough group, I think, Vince, really. Um, we d I don't know how good the Serbians are at the moment, but the um, those countries do tend to throw up some really good teams, don't they? Um, and Switzerland out fulls either. They're well, they're all there, aren't they? And Cameroon, uh, um, they're always one of the best um, 
African teams. So if I've got to predict, I think it will probably be Brazil and Cameroon. Well, I was stuck on whether to go for Cameroon as well. Uh, because quite honestly, as you say, they've uh, come up with good teams all the way through. But I'm going to go for Switzerland with Brazil this time because I just feel um, that they do have something a little bit special. So that's my prediction for that one. So, what, what, Sorry, which is yours, Vince? Is Brazil and Switzerland. Ah, Brazil and Switzerland. Apparently Switzerland have got a really good team, so we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Okay, so we go to the last of the groups. Group H is Uruguay, South Korea, Portugal, and Ghana. Mm, again, that's the three teams out of the four there, or possibly all four, but um, Portugal and um, Ghana, I'll go for. Oh, no, sorry, Vince, I'll change that. I'll go with Uruguay and Ghana. Uruguay and Ghana. I've just changed my mind. Wow. Okay. Uh, Uruguay (laughs) and Ghana. Okay. Just written those down. Uruguay and Ghana. I've gone for Portugal and Uruguay. Portugal, Uruguay. Yeah. Um, Well, let's see what happens there, Vince, as well. Okay. Now, um, we're about 45 minutes into our podcast, which uh, just allows me a space to play the jingle and let people know that uh, we're talking football. And of course, Rob Daniels, do us a favour, mate. Okay, Rob, um, we go now to the individual games because uh, our first game is on the 20th of November. So it all kicks off with Qatar against Ecuador. And basically, um, I really can't see football fever hitting its pitch Uh, straight away but um, if we go to that first game how do you see that score ending up so we'll go to the actual predicted scores now that's the first game what do you reckon right yeah this is a host um, playing Ecuador it's the first game on Sunday Um, as far what I've got written down here is 4pm European time Um, obviously everyone can check in their own time zones Uh, I would say Ecuador to Qatar one. Uh, I've got no idea about either of them. That, that uh, I can't. I don't know. Qatar might have a wonderful squad, but uh, I think it'll be one two to Ecuador that one, Vince. Okay, I've put um, Qatar nil, Ecuador two. Um, absolutely mm-hmm. enthralling game with uh, all the camels parked outside the stadium. So we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> That's all there was. They do. They are riding. They do ride camels, Vince. Actually, I was watching. Uh, I think a lot of people will have been um, over the last few days. Now we're getting there, but they, they were doing a report about um, obviously about the World Cup, but about Qatar in general. And there was a big group of Arab guys. They're all looking. They're all really clean. The um, obviously the people who have got the money, I suppose. But there was a group of about twelve of them uh, riding past in these sort of white white robes, shiny white robes, riding camels. And they were just <laughs> passers by. They were the f- focus of the. So yeah, they do they do ride camels, Vince. Yeah. Okay. It was quite nice to see them actually. <laughs> Give us the second game then. Senegal will be playing Netherlands. Your predicted score, please. Yeah, well, obviously, there's no home advantage here for either of them, is there? Um, apparently, the Netherlands have got, have, have got a good squad because I know some Dutch guys, but everybody says that their team's, their team's got a good squad, don't they? But I've got to go with uh, Holland on this, and um, I think it'd be tight. I think it'll be possibly, again, another 2-1 to Netherlands. 1-2 in that case, Vince. OK, I put that down as a 2-2. Okay, so we start England's campaign on the 21st. Uh, So um, England will play Iran. 
Your score predicted, please. You're right. It's England's first match. I just hope they don't make fools of themselves. I'm sure they won't. Um, we've got to beat Iran, I'd say, Vince. Um, not many goals. Well, let's, I'll, yeah, let's say let's hope England get quite a, a good goal tally. It'll give them some confidence, yeah? Um, let's go for 3-0. 3-0 is your predicted score. Mine is a very, very nervous start. Very, very cautious. 1-0. Um, and USA. 1-0, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, USA, uh, they will be parking their camels to prepare a game against Wales. Right. We've all, we've, everyone's got to remember that there's no home advantage in this. So... Um, I would go for Wales, Vince. I um, I don't know what the USA squad's like, but they've got two Leeds players, actually two Leeds midfielders. But So I don't really know anything about them, but I do know quite a lot about Wales. I'd like to see Wales do it. I'd like to see Wales do this, actually, possibly 2-0. OK, I put it down to 1-0 to Wales. And I'll also predict that Gareth Gareth Bales will let down his hair. He won't play without the bun on his head. So there we are. There's another prediction for you. (laughs) Okay, um, we go to Group C and Mexico take on Poland. That's going to be an interesting game. Yes, it is, isn't it, Vince? Um... Yeah, because I've got Mexico and you've got Poland. I I think we both understand why we've picked those as the second ones to go through. I think this will be a draw, actually. I think it might be a... Let's give it some goals to all. Okay, I've made it a 1-1. So, uh, Mm -hmm. when we come to start looking at what we predicted, uh, then we might really start getting the idea of, you know, how things are going to pan out. But these... Uh, early games, they do tend to come with the label handle with care. So uh, let's go to Group D, Denmark, uh, who are a bit of a dark horse team. I mean, you know, they they do look always uh, as if they could just manage something a bit different. They play Tunisia. Didn't Denmark come in on a bye one year? Yes, I think they did. Yeah, there was uh, some, some, yeah, I think... One of the teams was either banned or pulled out or something like that. That they yeah they got in. I don't think they're that bad actually. Tunisia by African standards at least. Um, but Denmark, um, yeah, I do know quite a lot about Denmark squad. I think Denmark will uh, beat Tunisia, and I think they'll do it two um, nil there, Vince. You did that. We didn't do Argentina. Um, Argentina, sorry, Saudi Arabia in Group C. We didn't mention that. Argentina against, uh, hang on. Da, 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 da. Saudi Arabia is. Argent- I'm just trying to find that. Yes, OK. Um, right, and your prediction? I put the C in the wrong place, sorry. Yeah, uh, your prediction for that one? 2-0 to Argentina. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm exactly the same, 2-0. OK, so we're mm-hmm. on the same page as we go to France taking on Australia. No... Um, uh, Harry, whatever his name was, who played for Liverpool, can't remember his name now. Harry, somebody. Never mind. Um, okay, France, Australia. Right. Well, the amount of uh, money that the French players get paid, because um, they, they all get paid, not as much as Mbappe, but they're all extremely well paid. The French um, players, they should be able to beat Australia. Um, I think Australia will put up a fight because the Aussies like that, aren't they? I think it'll be two-one to France. 2-0 to France, my predicted score as we go to uh, Group E, where Germany take on Japan. Mm. Japan could bring, come up with a surprise, couldn't they? Um, they could come up with a surprise team. And the Germans, I've, I've been reading quite a lot about the Germans as well, and they don't seem to be overconfident, to be honest. They... Uh, so I'll give I'll give Japan in the first match. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt if the Germans don't find the feet. I'll I'll put it down as a two-one to Japan, Vince. Two-nil to Germany for me. They always come good on the tournaments. Uh, so um, Spain, Costa Rica. Right. Um, 
again, I was watching something about the Costa Rican team, actually. Uh, and so I know quite a lot about them. They all look good when you watch things about them, don't they? But I'm going to go for Spain, Vince, obviously. I'll go for Spain 3-1. Spain 2-0 is my predicted score. Um, we'll go to Group F, which is Belgium against Morocco. The, the first match in Group F, isn't it Belgium against Canada? Um, yes, yeah, sorry, I, I'm reading it wrong. OK, uh, I've put 2-0 to Belgium. Yes, um, I'll go along with that, Vince. Um, I was, I already... That, I'd already thought about those predictions. That was what I was going to go for anyway, Vince. I, I don't know anything about Canada, but Belgium, they've had this national project, haven't they, for uh, a long time now. So let's see if it comes to any fruition. OK, connections with Ma Martinez, isn't it? Uh, Ex-Everton and um, obviously Spain. So, um, OK, uh, what about Morocco-Croatia? Right. Um, I'm going to go for... Croatia on this one Vince um, again I don't know very much about them but they always oh, they were in the final, final weren't they last time so yeah. uh, and quite a lot of the players are still playing um, Modric even though he's about 37 now uh, yeah. he'll be there so yeah I, I think uh, Croatia I think it'll be 2-0 yep I've put down 2-0 as well so Morocco 0 Croatia 2 as we go to Switzerland playing Cameroon Switzerland playing Cameroon. Um, to all, Vince. I've got 2-2, two, two, so we're obviously thinking alike as we go to Brazil, Serbia. Now, um, as, as I mentioned, Serbia, like Croatia, they're in both in the same part of the world, aren't they? In fact, they all, they all joined up and they've always had some good teams. Brazil... Can be can make a right cock of it at the World Cup, aren't they? Actually, Vince. Um, so I, I don't want them to make a cock of it, Brazil. But I think Serbia will they'll possibly surprise us in this one. I think they might do it three-one. Okay, I think it'll be Brazil two, Serbia one, and our last pair of games in Group H: Uruguay versus South Korea. Hmm. Um, I think this could be a, a win to Uruguay, Vince. Um, that's what I think. But South Korea, they've been there before, haven't they? They've, hold, they've held it before, so they could come up with a really good team. They could come up with a team that can change all the players at half-time because they've done that before. Um, that was North Korea, actually. But, uh, yeah, they changed all the players at half-time. Nobody noticed. Uh, anyway, um, Uruguay to... 2-0 2-1 for me so the last of our mm -hmm. predictions is Portugal against Ghana right Portugal against Ghana um, this one will just Portugal I don't know anything about Ghana but I know that Ghana is a strong African team I know Portugal um, are going to go all out because they always do this is going to be Cristiano's Last one anyway, so uh, let's hope he's on form. I think Portugal will do this, but I don't think it'll have it easy. I think it'll be quite a tough match. I'll give it 3-2, but a close one. OK, I see Portugal winning it 2-0. So, um, mm -hmm. OK, as we're coming up now to the last minute of our podcast, um, possibly what we can do is maybe see what happens on the Sunday and uh, Monday, and then uh, maybe just do a quick recap before we actually take our own little one-week break. Um, it just so happens that that's going to be the time we will do it, and then we'll get back to the Thursday, not next Thursday, but the week after, um, because that'll give us time to develop the other projects that we've got on the go. So... Um, Right, without any further ado, let me play our jingle and um, say... Whoops. OK, Rob, so we've um, had the political things going on for a long time. The football's actually going to start. Let's hope that we have a very interesting tournament. And um, 
I'll leave you to say your final farewells for this week. Yes, Vince. I mean, it's finally with us, isn't it? And I think um, we've got we've got to get a little bit excited about it because it is the World Cup at the end of the day, and we're all into football. So um, yeah, let's let's enjoy. It. And just so the listeners know, we might have a, a bit of a diff- change in schedule because there's so many matches on. Um, and depending on how the World Cup pans out. So if you listen to our podcast on a regular basis, keep your eye open because we might be doing some some ones in the middle, if you like. All right, then, not. Rob. It depends on how the football is. Lovely. Catch you next week, then, or the latest will be a week on Thursday. Yeah, I'll, say, I'll speak with you soon, Vince. Cheers. Thank you, Rob. Bye.